Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 121. It's a bag full of sunshine. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Are we still in February? S- still. I had this weird feeling we were like towards the end of April. There, really? For some reason, yeah. We just <laughs> skipped forward eight weeks. How odd for you. <laughs> How odd for me. How odd. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Uh, I want to say a special hello to uh, any international listeners listening into the uh into the big box cutters podcast. Hello. Or or watching the uh, was, was that video. them was that them saying hello back? <laughs> Brett? That was me calling out hello to them. <laughs> right. Off to the side they're there. a long way away. Right. Yeah. Uh, or or watching the video podcast. There is as, no, as it might be. You'll yeah. see us waving Brent's on the camera there, now. there. There is no video podcast. Uh, we actually had a uh, email during the week from Kathy yes. Boxcutter who asked if we could put all of the reality TV discussion up front, so she could skip it and yeah. uh, and and go on with the rest of the podcast. The, I, the, the answer, Kathy, is no. We, <laughs> we we can't we can't do that ordinarily. Yes, but for you this week, as a special one-off, we're doing it before the news. So we're going to do it. We've got five minutes from now to discuss reality. Amazing Race Asia finished a week and a half ago. Can you not do that, Brett? <laughs> How good was it? It was fantastic. I, I, I was, I was shocked at the ending. Mm-hmm. I was, I was really shocked at the ending. Well, one team who had been more dominant than possibly any team or competitor in any reality show since the for thousands and thousands of since, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since, <laughs> that since, reality TV's been going on since, since Nolan uh, Donahue, <laughs> since Pontius Pilate invented television. <laughs> uh, the most dominant team fell. At the final ho- they hurdle, they did, and and not only not only did they not come first, mm. they came third. Yeah, <laughs> from, from having like a several hours lead. Yes, uh, just cut down, and and all because one of them didn't know flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the other knew flags very well. Yes, uh, it was it was a great finish. I was trying to explain to a friend of mine who's seen a bit of Amazing Race but hasn't seen any Asian Amazing Race. The difference in the teams, like there's something about the American series that when you get, by the time you get to the series, it's more about who you don't want to win rather than who you do want to win. Except for except for the last series of uh, American Amazing Race, which was an anomaly because all the teams going to the finish line could could have won and I would have been happy. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, but, that's, that, that's but that is very the first rare. time in, in 11 or 12 seasons. Yeah. Yeah. There's usually, it's usually which team do you, do you hate least? Yes, uh, and I was trying to explain that there's there's just a really nice spirit with the uh, with the Asian teams, and there's something really nice about them, and and even the ones you don't like, by the end of the series, you get to like. Yes, so uh, you, so you'd be quite happy with any winning. But the uh, the thing particularly about Mark and Revilson, mm. who uh, who fails to win uh, second series of Asian Amazing Race or Amazing Race Asia, as uh, Asian Phil likes to call it, uh, the. Uh, th- was not only how well they worked together, which is key to, to any team getting towards the end, but uh, how much fun they had yeah, the while whole time. doing it. The whole time. But, you know, the, rather than going and begging for money in Germany, <laughs> uh, one of them went to a strip club and did pole dancing for money. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. But, but just but having every, fun with it. I mean... Obviously, it was a bit easier for them because they were in the lead for ninety five percent of the race. Yes. But every single task, they were cracking jokes, having fun, and and even when they got to the end, they they said, "You know what? We've had a great time." They'd probably accrued more prizes than the total prize money just in winning all the individual legs. They got to the end. You know, uh, in the second last episode, if it was an American team, you could probably imagine them saying, "You know what? We've won every leg." we should win or we'll be furious if we don't win. We'll be so upset. Whereas th- they didn't care that they didn't win. Yeah. They, they were just kind of like, well, you know, we've had fun. It's, it's been a good, it's been a been great a good run. Yeah. They also did something that, uh, that I really love about Amazing Race. And it's something we haven't talked about. They took Amazing Race t-shirts to a whole new level. They now, did. For, for people who don't watch Amazing Race, they, they, they won't necessarily understand that the t-shirts that a team wears... Is a large part of their personality, and teams mm. will often have t-shirts made up 
especially for the race. Going right back to the first season with Team Guido. Yes. Uh, the uh, the two gay gentlemen, Ernie and Bert, as they were nicknamed on the show, who wore matching outfits the, the whole entire time. time. Uh, so going all the way all the way back back there, but there were the bowling moms who had bowling moms on their yeah, on yeah, their t shirts, yeah. uh, and then the uh, San Francisco hippies who had bowling moms on their t shirts. <laughs> uh, Mark and Revilson had this huge array of of t-shirts all with gags on them mm. uh and some of them really small you had to like pause it and go close to the screen and go what does that say oh that's really funny and uh <laughs> i just i think the amazing race t-shirts is uh is, is one of the weirdest and and least talked about phenomena mm. to, to could come be, out it could be a whole industry uh are you still watching uh, the apprentice uh i have not caught up with any ross right well <laughs> it's not getting any saner right <laughs> Yeah, right. It's uh, a. Yeah, I look. I look forward to. Uh, I, I do look forward to seeing it when it comes my way, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure I don't know what you mean. Yes, it's. Uh, yes, no more. Uh, no more insane. But uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the, the horrible girl. Oh, Amorosa. Amorosa showed her true colours of just being an oh, really? absolute piece of trash. Because people might not remember. She was just, she, she got personal with one of the contestants. Excellent. And she was just offensive. And she just came off as, as a really cheap, nasty piece of trash. She, people, people might not remember Amorosa's shining moment in The Apprentice. When she, after going out, when Don, Donald Trump and, uh, and his cohorts were just deliberating. Mm-hmm. And you do not enter the boardroom unless you're called into the boardroom. And she storms in the into the boardroom and starts going, I'm, I, Mr. Trump, I need to say blah, 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 blah. Tears streaming down her face, but her, her voice not sad, angry. Mm. And, uh, and and just this this weird mix of, uh, of, of so many emotions at once. And you just go, oh, there's a crazy woman. Yeah, I yeah. like this show. Yeah. And, uh, but then, then she was on the final task. For some reason, one of the final contestants invited her to the final task. And uh, she, she screwed that up completely. She was sitting at dinner and they got calls, you know, saying that Jessica Simpson's people weren't happy. And where, and where was she? And she was just sitting at dinner. She said, oh, we can't take this call right now. And she just went on having dinner. Because she's unprofessional. Oh, I think that's our five minutes up. That is our five minutes up. Coming up in Box Cutters episode 121, we've got uh, an I Don't Buy It. Uh, I'm going to be doing a review of In Treatment. We've got some quotes. A look at the Oscars, which were on Channel 9 earlier this week. Or were they? Uh, we've got the quiz, of course. We'll finish it off with pork and kick things off with the Box Cutters news. I wonder if Brett has any Channel 9 news. I wonder. I, I think it's interesting, though. People just listening probably won't get this sense, but uh, but people watching the video podcast will no see will see what a madhouse it is in the <laughs> studio in, in between. You know, people probably picture us sitting here quite calmly, but Brett's often rushing off somewhere to do something. It's, it's very exciting. Yes, yes. Even well, more reason to watch the video podcast. Well, there, thankfully, there Ross no has video podcast. just completely destroyed the fourth wall of box cutters and uh, <laughs> let, let the yeah, viewers uh, have an insight. Into after I uh, worked so hard to make everything so smooth, Ross. <laughs> First rule of radio. Channel 9 are holding an internal investigation into how... Leaked copies of uh, their uh, crime drama Underbelly have uh, made their way out into the community and away from uh, the network. A Channel 9 source has said that staff have been questioned over bootleg copies, which are uh, apparently the entire series is available on DVD from uh, strange men that might come up to you at intersections offering them to you for uh, 50 bucks. Now, did, did you hear what happened on Talkback Radio in Victoria uh, during the week? Neil Mitchell on 3AW. Some, somebody, somebody rang in and said, oh, I bought them from a, from a Werribee Plaza or something like that, yep. and, I, and I've seen all 13 episodes. 
and somebody from Channel 9 rang in and said, that's really interesting, given we're still making the last three. Which is uh, which is has been their their uh, their claim all, the whole time that the Although, the show wasn't finished. Well, now people Although are, they did have to get something together to give to uh, to our favourite judge. Yeah, but now people are saying, oh, they've seen episodes one to ten, and there's no mention of eleven to thirteen anymore. So, so I'd suggest those those last three aren't floating around as readily. Uh, the torrents are also available on on lots of illegal torrent sites. DVD screener torrents uh, available right up to series ten now. Episode, yeah, sorry, 10. episode 10 now. Oh, series 10. Wow, they've yeah, really yeah. gone forward with it. <laughs> uh, Roberta Williams, who uh, features in the series and uh, is wife of Kial Williams, who's uh, one of the main characters in the series, said that she received nine episodes of the series hang complete on, with on. underbelly Re- promotional labels before it was aired interstate. Sorry, the way you said that, it sounded like Roberta Williams was acting in Underbelly. But, but somebody the, is acting as Roberta so, Williams as in Robert, the series. Real life Roberta Williams received nine episodes in the mail. Did you say? I uh, received nine episodes uh, with promotional labels. So uh, right. out of uh, Channel Nine publicity, one would mm. imagine. It would seem very odd that she would have got them. Yes. Um, although apparently she was doing kind of drive-bys on on the sets and screaming out, "Who's playing me?" You better be doing a good job. <laughs> Stop. Um, sources within the legal fraternity who uh, deal with Roberta and uh, Mick Gatto, who she apparently got a copy from, um, said that the DVDs were flying around like frisbees. Make them very hard to watch. Yeah, it wouldn't be good for them. No. Uh, apparently, too, Tony Mockbell is likely to use the underbelly defence when he comes up for his latest court case later this week, saying, well, you can't possibly send me back there. I can't get a fair trial, underbelly, and, mm, and interesting because we, and, of and course Greeks, we don't know who uh, who the person is that's on trial that has led to uh, mm. the injunction. And the, the so, Greeks, of course, who, who will be having that extradition trial, will go. Ooh, underbelly sounds like a good show. Where can I get it? Yes, and he'll have to say, "Well, speak to my mate at Werribee Caribbean Plaza." Guns. <laughs> and uh, also, it came fourth in the ratings nationally Wednesday night despite not being on in its biggest market. That, that's an amazing performance. Yes. It's, it's, it's a ratings powerhouse, and it, Nine must just bleeding that it's not on here. I must say that the, the third episode, which was screened in the second week, because I had a, a double app to start off with, was a lot less kind of Guy Ritchie-esque. It, it seems to have kind of calmed down a little bit. Okay, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to uh, watch that yet. You haven't watched yet. the third episode? No. No, I haven't, haven't had a chance Doesn't to... Doesn't surprise me. To, <laughs> I liked the show. I want to see the third episode. I just, you know, don't want to perjure myself. Uh, the, <laughs> I, 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 find, I find the whole thing very interesting. I, I'm really surprised at how quickly these, these DVDs got out there and how readily people, people are, are willing to say, yes, I'm breaking the law. Mm. Out of the uh, the instance at the Rising Sun Hotel in South Melbourne, uh, screening the uh, first episode of the satellite feed, Justice Betty King has revised the order in Victoria uh, that all Victorians, not only Channel 9, are prohibited from transmitting or exhibiting underbelly until after an approaching murder trial. Mm. And, of course, if, if, if Mockbell does come back and is tried here... Presumably, that would push it, push the screening dates back a lot further. Mm. Yes, well, I called it for five years when we first discussed it. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, on a, a similar note, well, not really a similar note, but uh, over at Channel Seven, uh, relating to one of their stories, two people have appeared in a Melbourne court charged with stealing doctors' records for uh, an AFL star uh, that were then leaked to uh, Dylan Howard. Who interestingly wasn't called as a witness. Who was not? Who is is not being called a, 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 as a witness, but is still being investigated. Yeah, so he may be in facing court himself. He very well may. I, I find I find that whole thing really interesting as well. This uh, this this whole notion of take what you can, sell it for how much, however much money you can, and consequences be damned. Well, people are facing up to the consequences, but are lessons being learnt? Mm. No. No. Right. <laughs> no, it'll happen again. Uh, in Friday Night Lights News, uh, one of our favourite dramas here on Box Cutters, NBC is 
quite keen to keep it alive but doesn't want to pony up all the money themselves so they're looking at maybe getting a doing a shared broadcasting deal they've uh, they've apparently approached TNT right which and, is a, a cable network and the CW which which would, is not which a cable is a country network, western would work quite well because it's you know set out in it's, in it's the country not, it's it's not country and western uh, it's, it's not so it'll be very interesting to see uh, to see country what happens women. It'll be very interesting to see what happens there. I, it's 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 a big effort to go to, for a show that that you're most likely going to can. Yeah, it, it really I mean, it is. really shows that they they do want to keep it alive. Well, I think they also realise, uh, much like uh, the the movies have realised, a lot of the money that will come in from a TV show now is in DVD sales. Mm-hmm. If they can keep it alive, they can keep selling DVDs mm. and keep making money long after the show has has been aired. Mm. I think that's uh, that's a very wise move, and and to keep something like Friday Night Lights that is critically acclaimed but uh, is really a very slow word of mouth performer uh, to to make sure that that has longevity and goes on to DVD, I think is, is very interesting. And as, I, as saw, far as I a, saw it described as America's best reality show during the week. Really? Mm. As a reality show? No, they were saying it was very realistic. Ah. So they called it a very Re- America's best, best reality, reality show. Ah, I see what they were doing. They were, they were, mm. they were being, being clever. clever. They were yeah. being smart. <laughs> I've also noticed that I've said a lot of things that are interesting. I'll try to stop that. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, Local news as far as Friday Night Lights goes, Channel 10 are showing the movie, I think, this weekend. Uh, what the hell is wrong with Channel 10? Showing, they'll be, they'll be, they will be... <laughs> we don't have that long. They will be showing <laughs> Friday Night Lights, the series. Oh, well, a perfect time slot's opened up. 7.30 Friday night, Kid Nation's finished. Why don't they put it there? Because they've decided instead to put it on 10HD at 11.05 on a Friday night. Wow, oh, much better. Starting, uh, I think, 6th of March. Fantastic. These people are morons. <laughs> so so that, that's a great idea. So they're trying to ensure that no one watches no it. No one watches it. Put, put, it on a, put it on a channel that nobody has access to except for you, Ross. Yep, I'm the only one. Uh, and put it at a time when nobody's and, watching and television. And I'm too busy watching the nightcap at that time. Right. So, uh, oh, you so must have been just lost when they cut Zach. From uh, the nightcap, have, have you guys seen any of the nightcap? No, no, I haven't. They, they apparently they cut Zach for some uh, TV Tonight reported that they cut it for question about a kissing uh, thing. Uh, yeah. Supposedly, some sort of uh, Seven have denied that it's to do with uh, some sort of uh, detailed discussion of fellatio that went on. Uh, but I mean, as as TV Tonight pointed out, I mean, this is a show that was designed to push the boundaries, supposedly. So, but I mean, who cares? Like, it's an it's an ex Big Brother person on a show that I reckon, in the future, shows like this will have health warnings on them, <laughs> similar to cigarette packets and and alcohol. It is just horrible. It's it's kind of like the panel, but with dumb people. It's it's just it's just like radio for television. It's just awful. Bunch of ill informed people talking stupidly about topics that they're not really well versed in. Well, that's it's that awful. Re- that actually sounds like it would rate its ass off if it was on regular television. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, people mm. love watching dumb people talk about stuff that they also talk about. It's got that skeleton on it, that horrible, you know, skeleton. Yeah. That we banned. Ah, uh, Skeletor, uh, yes. Jess, that must not be named. Uh, Matthew White, who's uh, who's a sports reporter, uh, two other people that I don't know, and the gay corset maker from Big Brother. It's How, how do these things get on television? And Friday Night Lights, a brilliant drama, is getting put on an HD channel at 11 o'clock at night. On a, fr- on a, Friday, on a Friday night. On a Friday night. When nobody watches television anyway. Ridiculous. It's genius. Ridiculous. Genius. Over at SBS, uh, they're having a bit of trouble already, even though it hasn't even gone into production yet, uh, with the local Australian version of Top Gear. Really? They can't find any hosts. Well, they can't make up their minds about... Uh, so, no, so nobody's applied. Who's going to host? <laughs> no, no one applied. Because nope. they, they apparently they had uh, they, they sent out for, for applicants, so nobody was interested. They've actually been swamped. By swamped or inundated? almost swamped, swamped by almost four thousand applications. Not inundated. I think they've been inundated swamped. in a swamp. 
Oh, it's, really? It's quite yeah. a small uh, office area, so yeah, right. yeah that's what happens. Um, SBS and, and they're all soggy. Yeah, just, just inundated kind of gives this idea of them like falling from the roof, but swamped means like there's so many that they can't get it's out. A of kind the of it's a ground swell that's yeah. coming fr- up from underneath, and there's mm. some, some algae. <laughs> they were due to finalise. <laughs> sure, a, there's a lot of algae. <laughs> a short list last week, but uh, that hasn't happened, and they're saying that they're weeks away from drawing up the final list. Um, basically, it seems that uh, they've got. Thousands of 10-minute video clips uh, from the applicants, uh, but trying to imagine the chemistry of the people together uh, on screen isn't working out so well oh, for well, them. Well, it's I've, believed that... I've got an idea. Why don't you take a lot of the people that you think are good, put them in a room together, and, and maybe have them audition? Why don't you just... I mean, if, if this was on Channel 10, it would be another show. The search the for behind the, the, scenes. Oh, yeah, the search yeah. for the Top Gear stuff. Yeah. I mean, SBS just aren't thinking. No, clearly not. They're too busy uh, looking at advertising. Laura Casorton, <laughs> Sorton, Shorten. How do you say that name? I don't know. And uh, Michelle Walsh are amongst the Walsh, Walsh, hopefuls <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, to host the show. It's set to air after the Olympics in September. Um, additional to that, they've actually gone back to 2002 with uh, the Top Gears that they're showing now on Saturday night. They seem to be yeah, alternating yeah, MythBusters and Top Gear between do, Saturday uh, and Monday nights. I do remember mentioning and, that. Um, there is Please. no James May <laughs> in uh, the episodes that they're showing and. The studios that we're, we've become used to um, have only just opened up at the point that they're showing at the moment. It's, but, but it's pretty. They're not poor. repeats, and it looks like it looks they're like not it's repeats, not a, No, no, but it looks like it's a, it's not a tenth of the budget of uh, what we're seeing today. Right, I'm speechless. Speaking of not a tenth of the budget, uh, a Howard government commissioned report into the ABC which the then Labor opposition were demanding be made public, will now go unseen until 2036. You're kidding. Because in 2036, <laughs> we're all going to be saying, gee, I wonder what the report into the ABC said. Uh, uh, no, no, they'll be saying... A B what? Why not just Why not just release it and go, oh, look at how... How anti ABC the Howard government was. Aren't you glad you voted for us? Is like what? Well, surely it's got to have the fact that it is severely underfunded um, in there, and to release that would put pressure on the government to increase the budget for its uh, running. To costs. increase it more than they than, than they plan to. I, that's the only reason. That's the only conclusion I can draw from it. It's ridiculous. Just give them the money. <laughs> uh, apparently, in uh, I agree. some excerpts that came to light. Uh, the report said that the ABC was underfunded (laughs) (laughs) and that uh, it needed an extra $125 just to sustain services. Really? That's a lot less than I thought. Just to sustain services? It costs a lot to... Oh, so hang on. They need an extra $125 a year or just Mm. a a one-time injection? A year just to sustain. Right. Mm. I... Give it to them. That's what I say, government. Give it to them. Mm. Speaking of governments, uh, in China, foreign cartoons are going to be banned from 5pm to 9pm every night. No, it's about time. I know. I know. <laughs> Apparently, uh, uh, amongst the uh, most popular, SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, basically China are doing this to ensure that local content can be aired in those times rather than the very popular international cartoons. Uh, This extends a previous ban from last June, which uh, was from 5pm to 8pm by an extra hour. So they're just trying to stop people watching foreign cartoons. Which is... Fair enough. Which is fair enough. Uh, apparently, they don't have much luck, though, because uh, they can just pick them up at Werribee Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> it was announced during the week that the Victorian government, in all its infinite wisdom, and their wisdom is infinite, uh, it has allowed a group called Two Way to develop, in conjunction with Tabcorp and Foxtel, remote control betting. Uh, so, betting on horse races, on harness races, 
and on greyhound races. Oh, thank you. From, I thought I was being left out. <laughs> from your remote control. That's we talked about this uh, earlier when it was uh, when it was just mooted, mm. and I, I think it is a horrendous. It's absolutely abominable. A, a, a horrendous, uh, just irresponsible terrible. government move. Yeah, it is. It's 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 just disgusting. It's just a way to fleece more money. I mean, how how easy do you want to make gambling? Well, if I don't have to get off my couch and yeah. pick up a phone, yeah. I think that's that that's much easier. I'd I'd rather do that. I'd rather mm. press the red button. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, it's, it's it's horrible. But at the same time, I realise it's the only way I'm ever going to be able to afford a house. Is if people are at home. Ah, oh, right. Betting so easily on yes, the horse racing houses. that they they bet their houses and then have to sell. Yes, and, uh, yes. In a, in a related story, the Victorian government is looking at installing uh, pokey. Machines in everybody's houses. Just, oh, good! Just to make it easier. Mm. The Ma- government man- mandated uh, poverty tax uh, collecting device. Yeah. Uh, in an update to uh, Channel Nine and uh, Christine Spiteri, what's that for, Ross? That's the pen that you asked for okay. ages ago. Yeah, you can, you it can was have too it. late. No, 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 but you can have that one. That okay. one, that one comes to you courtesy of. Uh, I can tick off uh, the articles as I get See, across once again, people in watching the video podcast riveted. There are no people watching the video podcast, Ross. <laughs> Christine Spiteri has lifted the stakes in her employment dispute with Channel 9. Literally. By <laughs> launching a claim. <laughs> launching a claim in the federal courts. Uh, this was after uh, conciliation attempts were unsuccessful uh, related to a sexual discrimination claim that she lodged with uh, the HREOC, Human Rights and Equal, Equal Opportunity uh, Commission, uh, on December 21. Uh, this is around John Westacott uh, allegedly making the claim that uh, to make it in this industry, you've got to have language warning, you've got to have fuckability. To make it in this game, women have to be fuckable. It's uh, alleged that he said, and uh, apparently his outlook is that women uh, should only be presenting soft stories and uh, shouldn't be seen before the first ad break. Should not be holding stakes up high in the air. Mm. <laughs> mm. Steak. Mm. Uh, and lastly, in the news, uh, Channel 10 are uh, going to be under investigation from the uh, Australian Communications and Media Authority, also known as ACMA. Uh, ACMA Sally. He's doing... No, not ACMA Sally. Drive on, Vega. <laughs> no, never. Every time, I, every time I do that, every time I, I, I read out the name of something and then go to, to do their acronym, all I can think of is the uh, John Stewart and Daily Show joke where, where they would say the Australian Communications and Media Authority or NAMBLA. Uh, and <laughs> I can't help it every time I think about it. That's how much John Stewart has gotten into my head. Or South Park. Uh, apparently they are... Uh, no, John Stewart... North American me, Boy Love Association. Don't, no, not... No, the National Association of Marlon Brando Lookalikes. <laughs> That's where the confusion lies. Yes. Uh, they're, uh, they're going to be investigating Channel 10 over alleged subliminal advertising during last year's Arias, where apparently uh, one frame was uh, put up for, for, several, for several ads uh, for their sponsors, Chupa Chups and Toyota and the Cricket or whatever. Uh, they would have a single frame, so one twenty-fifth of a second, with uh, the logo of one of their sponsors and uh, ACMA is saying that uh, that's not good advertising. Interestingly, uh, they were were alternating that with one frame of Axel Whitehead's cock. That it's quite... You see, uh, I, was, I was thinking as you were saying this, I'm saying, I'm sure there's an actual whitehead joke in there. And I'm pretty sure there still is an actual whitehead <laughs> joke in there. There, there is. Nice. Uh, they, uh, they say any attempt to use or involve a technique which attempts to convey information to the viewer by transmitting messages below or near the threshold of normal awareness could be a breach of and one the broadcasting. And second is well below normal awareness. Yes. Yes. So, uh, I, I find that... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say it. 
Speaking of ACMO, uh, SBS are in trouble with them uh, over the classification of one of their 10 o'clock Friday night docos uh, entailing sex devices. Sex toys and, and dolls. And, and do they, do, what happens with video podcasts? Is, is, do the same rules apply? No. No. Oh, sorry. sorry our, so your blow-up doll sitting next our, to you is our, fine for no, our... No, but our, our crumpler advertising every 125th of a second is okay. It's, there is no video podcast, Ross. And that is the box cutters news. Are you one of those that follows follows the ads? Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Uh, this is an ad that I saw uh, a little while ago in rural Victoria. It's an ad for a caravan and camping store. And the ads started ah, the off. ones are the best. They are. There's something nice about going country and seeing the same shows that you'd usually say, but with, you know, ads for tractors or that kind of thing. Macca from John's Tractors. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's always good. So uh, this one had a very enthusiastic voice saying, thanks to the government changing superannuation laws, you can now turn your superannuation into a super caravan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, isn't that nice? And then down the bottom in fine print, they had general financial advice only. Please consult a finance professional before making any decisions on your superannuation. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was beautiful. I, some, I, I, I assume that, you know, this guy's come home and said, oh, to his wife or his mother, do you want to see my new ad? <laughs> and shown them and his wife or his mother's gone, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> what if somebody cashes in all their superannuation? You, you need to put a warning on there. <laughs> I, I love that that was the disclaimer and, and not that uh, caravans may not actually be super. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a much better disclaimer. Mm. Hi, Rob Brealy, executive producer of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? You're listening to Box Cutters, and I'm here with three of the most handsome men I think I've ever met in my entire life. He was talking about us. Yes. In Treatment is a, uh, is, is a show that's been on HBO for the past four weeks in the States. It is going for nine weeks. We've spoken about it a little bit on Box Cutters, but I thought I'd take this opportunity about halfway through the season to have a look so far and see how it's going. It is very intensive viewing. Half an hour, five nights a week. So is this the Pamela Stevenson one? N- no. Or Pamela Connolly? Dr. No. Pamela Connolly? No. No. Oh, no. Which one's this? Because she's she is a a um, an accredited therapist and is uh, talking to people in in a therapy kind of sense for TV, right? Of the celebrity type. Do you want to just talk about that, or do you want me to no. talk about this one that, that which I've actually one's this? prepared? Which one's this? <laughs> this one's in treatment that we've talked about a bit on the show. For those who are just joining us on the video podcast, it's, it's, there is no video podcast. It's a There's, new HBO drama. It is. Uh, that stars... Whereas uh, yours sounds a bit more like a reality show. Go on. So, five nights a week, half an hour each night, stars Gabriel Byrne as Paul, a psychologist, a, a psychotherapist, who sees, uh, sees his patients during the week, uh, sees four sets of, of patients over Monday to Thursday, and on the Friday we see him in his therapy session with his therapist, former mentor, Gina, played by the excellent Diane Weist. Uh, who is uh, Renee Zellweger's mother. Y- yes. We found out last we found night out. In, uh, in, it's, it's, it's in watching the Oscars. Can't open her eyes, Jack. They both look like their eyes are shut the whole <laughs> yeah. time. Never mind. Be perfect casting. You're right, Ross. Yeah. Perfect, yeah, perfect casting. Perfect casting. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Diane Weist on, on the Friday and uh, Monday to Thursday, you have Melissa George, Australia's own Melissa George, playing Laura who uh, is infatuated, has something called erotic transference, which is when a a patient falls for their psychotherapist in a romantic sense. Uh, Alex, played by Blair Underwood, who uh, people may remember from L.A. Law uh, or also Sex and the City. Do you not yes, remember him? Yes, six yeah, he was with yes. uh, Miranda. With Miranda. Uh, he moved in down the hall. And also that thing with uh, the thing of LAX. LAX? Yeah. Mm. He was yeah, in LAX. He too. was. Uh, Sophie, played by uh, Mia Vasikovska, who is uh, a young girl from Canberra, apparently, uh, plays 16-year-old Sophie, who uh, is a gymnast. 
And uh, then on Thursday, we have Jack and Amy, a married couple going through problems of uh, fam- wanting family, not wanting family, uh, not being able to stand each other, wondering what, what they should do about their marriage, played by uh, Josh Charles, who people might remember from Sports Night or Dead Poet Society, and Embeth Davids, who people might remember from lots of things, uh, none of which very memorable. <laughs> so even just going through that, quite exhausting. And and the show itself is, is quite exhausting because it is uh, five half hours of pretty much just two people talking in one setting. It's almost... It, it's very much like a play. It's based on... There's only two locations. Four days a week it's at his it's studio. His, his office. And then one day a week it's at, at Gina's. Dr. Gina's. And uh, it's based on an Israeli show uh, called Bete Pool which uh, apparently means in treatment. And, uh, and this was exactly the same. Nine weeks of uh, 45 half-hour episodes, and each episode of this season is based entirely on the corresponding episode of the Israeli season. So it's a, it's a direct uh, adaptation rather than uh, kind of a, a reworking like we saw with The Office uh, US version. I think the show is, is fantastic. I think it... it, it takes a lot of guts to to make a show that requires so much concentration has so little action in it and uh, and and really requires concentration on what is spoken within the within the show and there there are lots of subtleties and and, and it's a a great example of something that they try to teach you in screenwriting school but often fail which is subtext. There is subtext throughout this entire show. Subtext being the things that people are not saying but are actually meaning, which is essentially what being in a therapy situation is all about. You, you talk through your problems, but uh, it's, it's not so much what you're saying as the tone you're saying, why you bring it up, when you bring it up, how you bring it up. And to put that into a, a television series, I think, is, is very good. Of course, it, it takes someone like HBO to, to have the guts to put it forward. So, do you think it makes good television? I think it does make good television. Mm. I, I think because it's half-hour slots, uh, it's, it's kind of bite-sized chunks. If, mm. it, if the episodes were an hour each, no, that would be way too much. Could it have just been a talking book? Like is it, it, from what you say, it doesn't really seem like the picture is all that necessary. Which is why you have fantastic actors like Gabriel Byrne, Diane Weist, because the things they do, their their small gestures, add so much to the subtext of what's going on. It's it's not only really good writing, and and sometimes the writing isn't as good as other times, but most of the time it's it's pretty strong. It's also. A, a, a really good example of how to act your pants off. And Gary Byrne, I think, is, is one of the finest actors we have. And it's great to see someone just delving into a role and... Before- act, act, actors would love it. Actors yeah. would love the opportunity. It's a, it's a great opportunity for actors. It, it really is. And uh, compare it to uh, Oscar winner Daniel Day-Lewis's performance in uh, <laughs> There Will Be Blood, where he's chewing the scenery constantly. Uh here everything is everything is, is very subtle. Everything except for Melissa George is is very subtle. I have to say, Wednesdays with uh, with Sophie, the sixteen year old gymnast, that is a great story. And and one of the things about this is because you're, you're following uh, different characters through their own therapy sessions, you uh, you can see their progress through therapy you get to know their stories but you also get to know paul the therapist's story as well his problems with his wife uh his his issues with his uh with his patients and what each one of his patients reflects in his life i think it's it's quite complex and and quite interesting now what do they do with the accents like Gabriel Byrne obviously has an Irish accent, but and he and he speaks he speaks in his Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Australian accent. The Australians both speak in American accents. Embeth Davids speaks in a half English, half American accent. Uh, she's a, an English actress. Uh, that's pretty much all, all they do. Blair Underwood uh, speaks in, uh, in in Swahili. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no American accent, Ross. You don't like it. 
I, no, I don't, and I don't think it's good television at all. I think it's. Uh, I, I watched the first week and thought this is all right, and and I, I try to isolate why I don't like it, and I think it reminds me a lot of Six Feet Under, right? In that way that but you, you just like Six Feet Under. No, I would never. I, I like the start of Six Feet Under, but it's it's just unrelenting, and it's like having watching. It's like having a boulder put on your head because you know you're just going to be in this one location with them. You know nothing's going to happen except for talking, and you know that both these characters are going to be emotionally put through the ringer every episode. There's no niceness to it. You know there's going to be no salvation, no happiness. It's just going to be unrelenting, horrible things happening to these people horrible trauma and stress happening to these people and i i found it uncomfortable to watch as in i just i didn't look forward to each episode i got uh i got through two weeks of it and i just thought you gotta give it three weeks three weeks is brett <laughs> no no brett would say three episodes, episodes and, I'm, and episodes. i'm and i'm well past the three episodes yeah uh, see i and, and this is i, I think where, where we differ because i can see that there is the opportunity for for salvation that uh, just through the through the therapy process no, itself. No, no, I mean, no, that's no, the, that's no, the no, whole point. No, no. Of it. I think I think you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's no opportunity for salvation. I am saying that in that half hour, they are going to get. There is going to be nothing but unrelenting problems because that's what they need to drive being in a room for half an hour. Well, yes. So that's all you're going to get, maybe until episode forty. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get any anything except that the whole time. And plus, I think if you want to go see a play, see a play. Like it, it, it's like tying one arm behind your back. Television is a visual medium, so do something. Have some visuals there. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's a great opportunity for actors, and I think the actors do a great job. But this is it, it's like yeah, it's like television with one hand behind tied behind its back. Show me something interesting. I wonder, Ross, if you're watching it the wrong way. Are, are oh, you was like, I standing you, on my head? Are you upside down on the couch? Are you watching <laughs> multiple episodes at once? Or no, no, are you no, 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 one no, a day no. As... One a day was all I could stomach. See, whereas, whereas I can sit down and watch two to three episodes all at once. If I, if I haven't had a chance to, to see it for a few days, I will sit down and I will watch three episodes all at once. And, and at the end of each episode, I look forward to the next one because I go, oh, I really like that character. Like the, the Blair Underwood character, Alex, who uh, was a Navy pilot who uh, had to drop a bomb in Iraq and uh, accidentally, well, through orders, dropped it on a building that ended up being like a, a, a kid's religious school uh, and 12 children died. And he's going through that trauma. Uh I, I really like his character, not mm. as as a human. I think I would hate him as mm. as a human, but I, I really enjoy watching his character, his character progression, and what they do with uh, with him. Every week he comes up and he's got he's got something different, and uh, and the the combat that goes on between the 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 patients and the therapist, I find. I find really interesting. I, I just, I really like it as character study. Mm. But maybe again, I'm looking at it from the the point of view of of uh, a writer or someone interested in uh, in in the way character is built and the way story is told. But not <laughs> what? Oh, I'm a writer too. So you it's... don't think I'd be looking at it from that point of view? No, I think well, maybe yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think of that. I, I no, mean, it just seemed like an odd thing to say. It's. I'm tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> so, 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 but you're, but you're not seeing it that way. So, why are we seeing it differently? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just, yeah, I would, I w- certainly wouldn't be recommending it. See, and and I would. Mm. Brett, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't even seen three episodes. But you're the casting vote. You're the deciding vote. Well, give me, give me some copies, and I'll get back to you. We really do need a thing for this. I was going to come. I was going to come. I had a list. The fattest loser has been going for a few weeks. What? The fattest loser. It's a show on Channel Ten. Fat people trying to lose weight. They've got three camps. We've not very sensitive. Who's the biggest loser? Have you watched the show? No. If if you're worried about sensitivity, yeah, this- try watching the show. They're not at all sensitive to these people on the show. They're horrible to them. Case in point, 
there are now three people in the US. There were four. Now there are three people in the US who are secretly over there trying to lose weight while the two, while the red team and the blue team go at it in, in Australia. Oh, and these were the ones that were chopped out after the first episode. Yes. The competitors were told, oh, they're gone, and they were told, shh. Yes, and they, in, including one of the twins who got to train in the secret team. Very similar to what happened in the American Very series. similar. Although uh, in the US series, they didn't get to go to the US. No. Well, no. they did. No, they were just <laughs> they already, were already, they were already there. there. They didn't get to go on an aeroplane. But uh, they they also get to train with uh, the US trainers, mm-hmm. Gillian and the, the guy. Uh, Bob. Gillian and Bob, thank you. Uh, and uh, this comes from a moment where Gillian is talking to one of the twins. I don't want to hear about things that supposedly make you... Uh, sorry, things that supposedly make it that you shouldn't be upset. Your dad is dead. He is gone. He will never tuck you in. He will never give you a hug. He will never tell you it's going to be okay. He's not going to be there to walk you down the aisle. He will not be there when your children are born. He will never be there again. What does that mean to you? (laughs) Sensitivity, Brett? I don't think so. Well, yeah, obviously it's some sort of boot camp thing where... You know, give me give me fifteen, or I'll rip off your head and shit down your neck, kind of thing. No, no, no. You're, this is not being harsh for harshness. No, sake. this it's. Uh, I don't think so. I think this is uh, being harsh for television's sake. Uh, hey, this is James Talia, and you're listening to the spot where you can find out everything good, bad, and otherwise on your box. It's the box cutters. Appropriate that it was James. Yeah. Yes. Good choice. I planned that. Ah, nice, yeah. nice, nicely done. James Talley was not in Australia for the Oscars and he probably would have been very happy to not see what Channel 9 did with the Oscars yes, coverage. Now why, why did they chop some out? Uh, they had to show the Royal Family documentary presented by Kate Blanchett. Why? Because it would rate better than the Oscars. I, I think sure. you're probably right. I think it would have rated better than the Oscars. I think the Oscars are going down each year. Well, the, the Oscars in the US had its lowest rating in history last night. Mm. Or the, uh, which, but, but when you look at the five pictures up for best picture, only one of them's grossed over $100 million. So they're, they're not crowd favourite films. No. Yeah, where was Transformers? It was there was nominated for some stuff. Not for best picture. No. Right. No. no. That's what they need. That's what the Oscar needs. A bit of lowest common denominator. <laughs> so Channel Nine started airing at eight thirty when they would usually air it at seven thirty with a half hour red carpet and uh, then start the show proper at eight o'clock. Well, in fact, they usually advertise the red carpet as a as a discreet yes show, as a show and then into the Oscars. Uh, this w- this year, they just advertised the Oscars going from 8.30 to 11.30. Now, Ross and I were wondering how they're going to fit a four-hour show into three hours. Well, it didn't actually finish until 12. No, but it didn't actually start until 9. Mm. So, because mm. they had half an hour of red carpet beforehand. So, they cut an hour out of the ceremony. And not only half an hour of red carpet. History of red carpet. Yes. This is what carpets looked like in 1970. <laughs> they were red. Uh, uh, that's, that's really what they had. Really? People walking down the red carpet in 1936. People walking down the red carpet in 1972. Because it would have been grey in 1936 from what they were showing. Yes. Yes. But, yeah. you know, in my Nothing mind's eye... 1928. 1928 would have been a really what, kind of watershed moment given that it's in its 80th year. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it it would have been, given that it's in its 80th year, uh, it started in 1929. Uh, the- <laughs> so, so uh, Channel 9's Oops. stupidity aside, uh, the actual show itself was the show itself? Yeah, wasn't as, as standard, John Stewart. There was, there was no Stewart's- opening uh, montage of John Stewart flying in planes. No, in no but e- movies, e- each, uh, each host does their own thing. A, I mean, Billy that, that's strictly thing. Billy Crystal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they did have one, was it last year or the year before, they, they had one that was all the old Oscar hosts saying they were busy this year and couldn't do it. I can't remember, that might have been a few years ago. Is that when Dave did it? Uh, no. no. No, that was many years ago. Uh, John Stewart was gold. 
He was yeah. fantastic from, Re- uh, from start to finish. He was but just on fire. There was really nothing at the start, was it? Was there? He no. just turned up on stage and said... He just turned Welcome. up on stage and went, hey, this is... The no, 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 they did a... Uh, oh, they, they did an animation montage thing of... All of different films kind of melded into one. Which looked very cheap and tacky and mm. uh, and, and soulless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Channel 9 cut a lot out. They cut out the technical awards. They cut out the little bits where we see uh, snippets from each film nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cut out, apparently, a message from the troops. Mm. Well, I guess they probably thought... The it troops wasn't. presented one of the awards, didn't they? Oh, did they? I think they, so. They, they one, thought it probably the wasn't, ones. wasn't very appropriate because they weren't messages for us. Yeah. Uh, it's it really. Does that mean the technical person who won had to go to Iraq to, <laughs> <laughs> to accept their their Oscar? I don't think so. Mm. I'd, I'd, it, it finishes at twelve o'clock anyway. Yes. You're not that impatient to get Quiz Mansion, Quiz Monkey, whatever it is on. Just just show the whole telecast. I know. I mean, surely it's more trouble than it's worth to edit bits out in that four, three, four-hour gap that they've got between when the when the telecast finishes and when they put it to air. Yeah, yeah, so, it's ridiculous. Mm. Ridiculous. Apart from that, it was just a bit. It was just a bit blur. Well, I mean, why don't they cut the bloody songs out? Oh. Who wants to hear sixteen songs from Enchanted? I I wish I wish they cut the songs out. It was quite so, nice that, that none of those songs actually won in the end. Yeah, but that still would have been nice if we hadn't have if had we to hadn't sit have through all the songs. Sit through all of them anyway. Uh, that, th- that and the pizza wasn't up to its regular standard. No, it wasn't. Pizza was no good. No? No. Yeah. Yeah. Online pizza. Don't yeah. buy it. Blame it. Okay, question three. Which can I- Are all these going to be about war? No. I got loads of... I got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Congratulations to Anne W, who won last week's Crumpler Prize, uh, which was, I'm reaching over and grabbing it, a, oh, see, I was going to say Robo Rob, a a glamour bag. The status belly uh, is is the bag that uh, she won. She correctly answered Candace Bushnell Mm -hmm. as one of the creators of, uh, of, of Lipstick Jungle. Really? Was that the question? Uh, the question was... Was the question name one of the creators? Of- no, I think the question was who created Lipstick Jungle. There you go. And, okay. uh, and there are two answers you could give. One is uh, one was the creators of the television series. One is the uh, creator and executive producer uh, who also wrote the book. Uh, so who, both, uh- both answers. It was Candace Bushnell. The, uh, the creators of the television series were other people whose names I forget. <laughs> um, so that's a very glamorous uh, blue status belly. It is, it is lovely. Our friends at Crumpler. And I will be in contact during the week to uh, let you know how you can claim your prize. And this week we have a bag that looks like the sun's rising over the top of it. What's it, it called? It does. It's, uh, it's called the sun rising, rising sun. It's the Barney Russell blanket. It's the ah. Barney Russell blanket. It does rustle. You can hear it. Yes, you can see it on the video podcast. Yes. And this week's question is... Quick Zoom. Australia's own Academy Award winner, Eva Orner, who won last night for her documentary, previously worked as a production manager on which Australian television series? Well, she worked with us. You can enter by emailing your answer to that question. To hooray at boxcutters.net or click on the link on the Boxcutters website that says contact us or talk to us or tell us something. Whatever it's saying this what, week. Whatever it says. Uh, by 4pm next Monday, March the something. Next Monday, the first Monday of March. <laughs> maybe it's the third. Maybe it's third. The yes, it is the, the third, third of March. So, so they've got till the third Monday of March. Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, no. The first Monday, Monday of March. Monday the third of March. Right. The third day of March. <laughs> By 4pm on that day, hooray at boxcutters.net to enter the Crumpler Box Cutters quiz. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. 
Ah, and that brings us to the pork monster house. It's very, gone. very sad. It's it was, gone. it was, too, oh, it was too no. beautiful. It was too beautiful for this. This is world. what I want to know. Where I went to Werribee, people were offering me underbelly, left, right, and centre. No, no, no. I said to them, Monster House. Where's my Monster House? Mm. I need a hit of Monster House. Give it to me. Well, it'll give be, me all thirteen it'll, episodes. It'll be back because they filmed all thirteen episodes. So but it'll be. Is, back is this also under point. court order? Is someone in Monster House? Uh, under investigation for, for something or other? Crimes against taste. One, one can only hope. Uh, did you guys see the Four Corners thing on the Libs last yes. week? Yes. Yeah, that was uh, very interesting television. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out as it's, as it's mooted four-part series, not, which is coming. Not as, it wasn't as exciting as I remember Labour and Power being. Uh, mm. But uh, I think maybe it's because uh, Labour people are, are, are more inclined to, to be backstabbers than uh, than Liberal people. I, I don't well, know. Brent, Brendan Nelson is 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 quite he's, upset he's about it. He's been complaining that uh, that you know what his stuff was cut out because apparently he was too positive, uh, and uh, apparently they asked him, you know, did you think the Prime Minister stayed too long? Etc. Etc. And he refused to say anything disparaging about the former prime minister, which kind of seemed to be the whole point of the documentary. Mm. Which kind of would therefore be logical that you would be cut out. There's no point moaning about it if you're going to be boring and not say anything. Obviously, you're going to get cut out. I mean, it's not like it's not like uh, Biggest Loser where they pretty much show it in real time and they don't cut anything out because they've got five episodes a day to fill, or five a week yes Phil. so uh you know obviously you're going to get cut out don't which about it labor in power was produced before they were actually out of government wasn't it uh, was was that the one that that came out before the election with houston and nobody expected the alp to win it and keating's this is the sweetest sweetest victory ever Tell you what, ask our uh, un-Australian correspondent next week. He'll know. I, I think he that, was, uh, he, he that knows, was the order on that. He knows all, and all so, the episodes of Labor in Power pretty much off by heart. And so he, there has been all this, all this mm. spilling with everybody assuming that, that they're on the way out and they had another four years hanging around. It was very interesting. Oh, politics. is that what you're saying, Brett? <laughs> no. no, just I, I, I didn't get it. Hey, uh, there's a new fairy on uh, Sesame Street. Uh, Sesame Street have got a brand new series that's just started. Oh, now this uh, uh, this is the 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 book fairy. And he, she's, she's a word fairy. She's a word word fairy. Yeah, yeah. I remember they, I remember hearing a story about her on uh, when she started in the states. Yeah, they tried to make her more kind of uh, female oriented because yep. they have lots of male characters. Uh, and her debut part of her, her of the episode that went to air on Monday. Reminded me a lot of Poochie. Oh, really? Yeah. Poochie from The Simpsons. You know... Uh, Homer plays the dog who goes into the, the itchy, itchy and scratchy, scratchy cartoon. Itchy and scratchy and Poochie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Howlingly unfunny. It was... Really? It, yeah, she was She was just awful and didn't really fit with the show she, at all. And Is hmm. she going to have to return to her home planet? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. It's... it's it, it, it is kind of falling into the gender stereotypes a little bit that the girls are all in the fairies. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, and they have like they, they mm. do have like they, they have had really great female Muppet roles. Uh, Prairie Dawn, I, I think, was always great. Rosalita, she's, she's still on. Rosalita as as a, a new one is is really good. Maybe this one's just missed the mark. Mm, but they've got those two, and clearly they think. They need something more. Well, yes. So they're going for another one. They've got those two, and that's pretty much it. And you think of the classic. Did I hear recently hear, that think Oscar's of the classic not really one. in it anymore? Oscar it was too it. No, no, Oscar's still in it. Mm. Was he? Yeah. But, I mean, you think of the classic Sesame Street characters. None of them are really female. Oscar, Ernie and Bert, Big, Big Bird. Bird, Snuffy, Elmo, Cookie Monster. Yeah. So it's I think, yeah. Gordon. Gordon. Mr. Hooper. <laughs> Slimy. <laughs> Read, read more. I love slimy. That it's brings us to the great. end of Box Cutters episode one hundred and twenty-one. I want to say thanks very much to Three Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. You can check them out online at rr.org.au, and also special thanks to Crumpler, who give us bags to give to you. Check out their bags at 
crumpler.com.au and uh, have a look what they have to, to buy. You can buy them and, mm. and have them yourself. Or you can win them by entering the quiz by emailing us at hooray at boxcutters.net with your answer by 4pm next Monday afternoon. It's a good one this week. And you can also email us at boxcutters.net if you just want to tell us uh, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, uh, what you think we should cover more or less, where in the show you think we should put discussions of reality television. Email us all of that. If you enjoy this program, please go onto the iTunes Music Store and write a review. It'll help other people find the podcast that uh, you enjoy so much. Maybe if we had it after the outro music. So then we could we could actually announce at this point, if you're not interested in reality, then don't bother listening on. And those that are, stay tuned. Where's the fun in that? Well, you know, at least that way you don't have to uh, fast forward to you get just, through You just it. want to leave the studio. So push that button when you're done, boys. I'd still be here. <laughs> Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Scatters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. 